Welcome to another edition of the Membership World Podcast. My name is Gordon Glenister. In this podcast series, you're going to hear me interview all sorts of people from the world of membership bodies and trade associations. But before we start, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast series just to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. Now, in today's edition, I'm going to be talking about running a friend's membership program with my good friend Situ Osman, who's the Development Operations Officer at the Royal College of Music. And I started by asking her a little bit about what she does there. So the Royal College of Music is top conservatoire in the UK and Europe. In the last six years, dare I say, in the QS University ranking, we attract local as well as international talents. Our students come from a range of 56 nations. So we have uh, almost 900 students. We have to be competitive compared to some other conservatoires who offer studies for free. We are still fee-driven. We are working very hard towards making it zero fees. Uh, That's our ambition, our vision. So how that relates to the Friends, it's a loyalty scheme, is basically trying to attract uh, visitors to the Royal College of Music, be it parents, be it friends, family, neighbours, to get to know the college on a more intimate level, shall I say, anything from regular news, what's happening, events, talks, because we still are a conservatoire and we have great academics, uh, great research colleagues as well, and generate ideas, you know, with our stakeholders, internal, external, our neighbours, So that's the ambition, really, trying to get people closer to the college. And how long have you had the Friends model in place? Oh, way before I started, Gordon. So I dare say probably more than 10 years. And I'm being very conservative about that. I mean, it's very modest, isn't it? It's only like £45 a year, isn't it? Or something as as low as that. Yes, absolutely. And if you've been good, it could be £40 (laughs) a year (laughs) with a direct debit. That element, uh, the direct debit uh, incentive is not unusual, as you well know, in the, shall we say, uh, on a more consumer level compared to a trade level. Because the benefits, uh, as we mentioned before, are more transactional. You can see them quite immediately. And compared to the motivations of your members or your friends are very different if you're a professional Mm. or a tradesperson, obviously. I'm going to use the word transactional a lot because that's what this relationship starts with. And it's basically compared to a trade person where, for example, I'm a member of the Chartered Institute of Fundraising. So that's a professional association. I get discounts for certain workshops and events. And that's great because that's a progression for me professionally. It contributes to my career and my progression path. But if you are a consumer, be it you're a culture lover or music lover, Having that um, connection with your venue or the person, the, the college that you support, is that you get priority information about certain events that's coming up, and thereby you get choice tickets, choice dates, and with that, the venue or the college benefit is that we get ticket sales, we get bumps on seats. The students who do get graded for the concerts that they take part in get real-life audience and get that 
validation that, you know, their rehearsals, their teaching is correct. It's, you know, on the mark, it's on point, as the kids say nowadays. And so that circular economy, almost. That's it, almost. That's it. I, I was hesitant to use that word because it is and it's, it's not quite, but you get what I mean. Yeah, no, indeed. So the benefits, of course, as you've highlighted there, are that they get um, access to various events, exclusive access sometimes. Do you do uh, events only for the Friends? That's a good question. We do a lot of them take the form of events. You're quite right, simply because uh, we're a conservatoire. So we're performance driven. There are workshops, there are talks. For example, pre-COVID time, we would have term events for friends and we have four tiers. So you have a single friend, then you have a best friend, you have a joint best friend model and uh, yeah, a joint friend it. model. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can have, uh, you know, A and B together. A lot of people like to come as a single person simply because of the demographic that we have as well, simply because that's connected to the music that we produce, which is classical. So it's, it's an interesting study, to be very honest with you. It's, it's exciting for me, at least. No, of course. I mean, do you segment your friend in terms of the database of who they are, what age group? I mean, I'm assuming quite a lot of them ABC ones, you know, highly educated people. Yes, 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 absolutely. So we do segment our general audience. So that basically is a reflection of our friends as well. You have a mix of the metro culturals, I believe. That's how the audience survey classify them as and the culture seekers. And they tend to be retired, semi-retired. They tend to be in and around London area and the home counties. And before the pandemic, that was pretty evident. But now with the pandemic, when everybody hop on the digital bandwagon, so that area that reached that geolocation has expanded exponentially. It's not just for us. Well, I wonder, I was going to ask you about that, really, about some of the challenges that you would have faced. I mean, lots of uh, associations you'd, on the face of it, think had some difficulties in terms of recruitment and retention and people weren't working in their offices, so they weren't able to receive content in the same way that they may have otherwise done. But on the flip side of that, by having a much more digital approach, many organisations found that their opportunities were much, much wider, being able to reach people quicker, use social media in a way that perhaps they hadn't perhaps amplified it before. So interested to find out what changed for you in the last couple of years in your role, you know, good, bad, indifferent. So basically, I wouldn't lie, we did have an attrition rate, but surprisingly and a relief to me is not massive we've got um, like a fallout rate of about maybe 40 so that's about 10 percent of our base and that's understandable because again going back to this model of friends or membership basically loyalty programming is that because it's highly transactional you're paying for what you can get when you can't get that live performances, you don't want to pay for it. But conversely, it is such an attractive proposition for, you know, less than four pounds a month, you can be a member of the Royal College of Music. So some members do let it run if they're on direct, but they don't cancel it. Some of them say, you know what, I'll do it because it just goes to the students and the students are genuinely affected. 
like everything else, they couldn't do their second gigs, which is teaching or waiting tables because you know all the restaurants were closed. So all these alternative income avenues for them are shut off because of the pandemic. So therefore, even if you're contributing four pounds a month, say as a single friend, you are giving towards a good cause. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting you say that because I think so often, even though you said transactional, when people realise what the great work that you do, there is a sense of say, well, you know, you could cancel this, but actually we're doing some great things to support our students. And therefore there's, there's actually an emotional attachment to that fee isn't there and that's when you know when people become part of a, an association or a membership body and I've done quite a lot of work in this is one of the top reasons that people stay is a sense of belonging it really really is right up the top there sometimes it's an accreditation and the badge and I would suggest that that's also very high on the reasons that why people have stayed so loyal is because they like to be associated you know if they've got a membership card or they've got something that can it's a bit of a show-off really isn't it I'm a member of the Royal College of Music you know <laughs> I, I must admit before I even came on the website I was expecting it to be significantly higher so it just proves that the value of the brand is higher than maybe even what you're charging but um, no, I think it's really quite exciting that the whole friends model and, and the fact that you've got one with bringing somebody else along, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's really good. Now, I know that when we were talking before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about ambassadors. Tell me a little bit about how that works. Right. So our ambassadors, at least for the friends level, are very, shall I say, informal right? So it's more of a word of mouth. We do have ambassadors, brand ambassadors on the high level of the philanthropy category. Those are slightly more formal and they are very location specific or shall we say continent specific. But for the friends, to be honest with you, Gordon, I, I mean, this is worth its weight in gold. The long-standing friends who have supported the college since the 1960s or even as recent as 1980s, shall we say, they live there. This is their neighbourhood, you know. Um, they can just pop in for a lunchtime concert, say, which we do have most of the days. And now that our capital project has just completed, by the way, if, if you're not aware, that's a 25 million capital project called More Music. And we refurbished the RCM Museum, which has been given the designated status by the Arts Council England. So the museum itself has chamber music every Friday that our neighbours, who tend to be friends, and my ambition is to recruit more of those because they are the best brand ambassadors one could ever hope for. Because, you know, they give us the footfall. They give us, you know, they're so like, oh, when are you going to have this next? And, you know, it's fantastic. Obviously, with every membership uh, program, professional or consumer uh, membership programs have events. And they do change as well, the events program, for whatever reason. And... Ours go through the same changes and consumers' behavior do not change as much as your loyalty programming, right? So we have to educate them, dare I say, about the changes. And 
We have won a long-term supporter. And when I first got into the role and he saw I was the first you know, fresh pair of ears, and went, oh, why don't you have this? Why don't you have that? So I turned it around. I said, well, we have changed the model. I'm, I'm sure it's not something that you're interested to hear, our strategic you know, path. But what would be of interest to you? that could continue that engagement. So he told me his wish list. I said, I can only fulfill one of them. And he says, oh, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm being realistic. So in the end, we have this open dialogue and turns out it comes from a place of love. And we managed to cultivate him now that he is on a philanthropic level. He's giving to the college now about 30,000 a year for the next three years. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. And he brings his friends now, his neighbours. He's a member of a neighbourhood scheme. So, like I said, it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, and also I think he probably loves the idea that he's the centre of this and bringing people together. I mean, you know, I'm a member of a private members club and I'm an ambassador to that. I must admit, I do like showing people around even though I don't own the club or I'm not the management team, I feel like it's my home from home. So it's that that's it's a very smart approach to think about ambassador programs um, and, and highlighting things. The other thing I was going to ask you just while you're talking, have you ever done any sort of brand partnerships with other organisations where your audience is totally aligned? And I'm thinking of maybe fine wine. I'm thinking of luxury travel or something. And I'm, I'm just wondering if there there are any events where some of those other brands could pay to be part of such a community? Oh, that's interesting. That is something I haven't encountered during my tenure at the RCM. And I'm not saying that it can't be explored. Definitely, we seemingly being in SW7, we are in that area where affluence is the connection with the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea. Cool. But having said that, we have an outreach program under what we call the RCM Sparks for hard-to-reach communities because there are really hard-hit areas in Royal Borough, Kensington and Chelsea, even though seemingly it's, it's a very affluent area. So we do do outreach programs as well with our Sparks and Junior Department. That's a Saturday and Sunday program. So the college is basically used up Monday to Friday and Monday to Friday training future musicians, Saturday, Sunday outreach programs. That's from Cradle. So th that's the idea. Eventually it will be a complete full circle, the Friends membership, where we'll try to get them on that path when they get the children into the college to learn music. Yeah, no, no, that's great. That's super. Well, I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Situ. Uh, love your enthusiasm for your role and, and what the Royal College is doing has been is, is, is amazing. And I, I'd love to maybe come to an event. You know, you've put yeah, it... Yeah, come you, and visit, Gordon. You, See you, it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> you've put it on my radar where it hadn't already. So, uh, you know, thank, thank you once again for taking the time to be on our, on our podcast today. Thank you for having me again. Great to chat. This podcast is sponsored by RD Mobile, providing events and member engagement solutions used by organizations worldwide. RD Mobile can help your organization deliver value at your next virtual or in-person event and throughout the year. Visit us at rdmobile.com to learn more. That's it for another edition of the Membership World Podcast. Please 
don't forget to subscribe to the show and give me your feedback hello at membershipworld.co.uk or you can follow me on linkedin instagram or twitter we can also ask me a question and lastly if you do feel like it please do give us a five star rating as it makes a big difference thanks as always to my producer neil whiteside from freedom one and until next time from me gordon glenister it's bye for now